This is episode 105 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are What You Can Do to Repel Mosquitoes and Why They Bite Some of Us More Than Others, How to Make Your Own Emergency Car Kit, and Harvesting and Processing Acorns. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, uh, a couple of things before I uh, I get started. Um, I was going to do this at the end, but I know sometimes at the end people just kind of uh, tune out. Um, hopefully you don't. Hopefully you stay with me till the end, but I know how that goes. Uh, I was over at uh, Dell and, Del and Lisa's uh, Facebook group, uh, Apocalypse, the the Apocalypse, and um, you know I'm I'm a member of so, you know some Facebook groups out there. Uh, a lot of them, well, not a, I'm not a member of a lot of them, but some of them I I just kind of lurk. I don't do a lot. I uh, just kind of see what people are are saying and and how people are uh, what people are thinking about and preparedness. Uh, for the most part, I do interact in in the Prepper website Facebook group all the time. I'm there. That's where I hang out. But uh, I do, uh, you know, go over to Dell and Lisa's and, and hang there and sometimes respond. Uh, there was a, a a post that was put up on one of their uh, one of the members there. Uh, his name's Jay, and he's fighting cancer. He's actually at the end of. Uh, uh, I guess at the end of, of, of days for, you know, as far as the, what the doctors are saying and, and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm, you know, if you're listening, you know, I'm a believer. Uh, I believe in the power of prayer, but I do know that cancer sucks, man. Cancer um, ravishes more people than, than we'd like to admit. And um, so, but he is, uh, is it, I don't know how his age, he's a young guy, but he is a, uh, he is a father in, he posted uh, an article on his website. He's a, a like a coach consultant, like a life coach kind of consultant. Uh, but on his uh, website, he did post you know lessons for my children and uh, things that he would like to share with them as they grow up. And you know it's very touching. Um, those of you who are grandparents, those of you who are parents, you know. Although my boys are older, it's still you know uh, they're still your boys. And you still don't want to uh, think about leaving them, you know, before it's time. And so uh, he did. He did write this post. Um, and there is a, a, a possibility to donate if you want to donate uh, to their funds. There is a trust fund to help his children out uh, when he's gone. And so uh, I feel I feel uh, there's going to be a you know a donation there. And you know, it, usually anything that helps, anything small big whatever you can do helps but i'm going to link to that in uh, the episode show notes and um just uh if you can go over there if you can donate great if not you can leave them a word of encouragement in the comment section and uh and go you know go from there and uh, hopefully you know he'll feel that as a as a blessing but uh you know we'll do that and hopefully if you know if you've if you've known someone who has fought uh, you know, cancer and, and uh, you know, there's, I think everyone has, right? So um, it's a very, very real thing. I mean, not, there, I don't think there's a family out there that cancer hasn't touched in one way or the other. So I'm uh, going to leave that up there. And again, the, the name of the website is My Cancer Fight. 
And um, he's, he's got a lot of other articles there, too. You might want to go check out. Hey, if you, uh, if you haven't had a chance to sign up or register for the Sun Oven webinar, the 13 Ways Sunlight Saves You Money While Being Prepared, uh, you know, you still have some time. The, the webinar is Tuesday, and uh, looking forward to that one. We've got it planned out. I've been talking with Paul uh, and ready to go on that one. So, uh, you know, go register. It's going to be in the show notes, and you can go check that out. Uh, when you register, you do get a free ebook. It's a 120 page uh, ebook, Emergency from, Emerging from Emergencies, or uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting that wrong. Uh, emerging from an emergency. Okay, that's the way it goes. And so you get that PDF, and so th- that's usually worth it. But uh, when you sign up and you register, uh, you'll get an email on Tuesday reminding you. Usually, usually like in the morning. Hey, in the morning you get an email. Hey, don't forget uh, the webinars tonight. And then you'll get an email like an hour before. Hey, don't forget the webinar. And uh, you come on over and check it out because it's uh, it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of things when people think about a sun oven, they think about cooking. There's a lot of things that you can do, and uh, so very very interesting on that one. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, move on with uh, the podcast. Our first one comes to us, our first article comes to us from The Organic Prepper. And the article is what you can do to repel mosquitoes and why they bite some of us more than others. Um, I know that this is a big problem for some people and uh, can really, really do some damage. So let's see what we have here. Ah, summer. The day of puffy red bumps dotting your arms and legs, the cardiovascular campfire exercise, also known as swatting mosquitoes. The pink calamine lotion design splotched onto itchy kids everywhere. The more outdoorsy you are, the more likely you are to suffer the summer malady. However, some folks get bitten more often than others, no matter what they do to repel mosquitoes. Everyone has a favorite remedy for this. Personally, I've been a fan of Avon Skin So Soft Bath Oil for years for our family's outdoorsy pursuits. But with the uptick in mosquito-borne illnesses, we should all be a bit more vigilant. Here's the research on why, on who is the most vulnerable to getting bitten and what you can do to protect yourself. Have you ever wondered why certain people are just mosquito magnets? There are several reasons. The first ones are genetic, and you can't do anything about them. Hey, guys, I'm just going to warn you right off the bat. There's going to be some medical terms and big terms here that I know that I'm going to mess up. So just bear with me on that one. Uh, Again, the first one is our genetic bacteria. We all have a different cocktail of bacteria on our skin, and some of these mixes are more appealing to mosquitoes than others. The smellier the bacteria, the happier the mosquito. This may explain why mosquitoes are so drawn to places like your feet and ankles. Mosquitoes find bacteria like Staphylococcus and Variovorax quite delicious. Pseudomonas defecia and antinobacteria make a person less enticing. Blood type. Just like humans and ice cream, Just like humans and ice cream, mosquitoes have favorite flavors too. Experiments have shown that they greatly prefer type O blood, but don't really care for type A blood. What's more, 85% of people secrete a chemical that signals to the little flying vampires what blood type they are. The other 15% who do not secrete that chemical are less likely to be bitten. Carbon dioxide. 
The more you exhale, the more mosquitoes are drawn to you. This means that if you've been exerting yourself, if you are overweight, or if you are pregnant, you may be getting more than your fair share of bites. Sweat. Sweat is the byproduct of, of exertion. So if you are outdoors exercising or working, mosquitoes may want to come and help you along. The delightful aroma of lactic, <laughs> lactic acid, uric acid, and ammonia all present in, pre present in perspiration draw them like humans to fresh-baked cookies. Warmth. Some people run a little hotter than others. Mosquitoes tend to be drawn to the warmth. This makes pregnant women, people with high metabolism, and heavier people tend to be more attractive. There are a couple of mosquito luring qualities you can do something about. Beer. Mosquito love beer. Drinking just one 12-ounce bottle of brew makes humans more enticing to mosquitoes. And there's a source uh, link there. This is not true of other types of alcohol consumption, just beer drinkers. Clothes. The, clothes of your, the color of your clothes can make you more of a target. Mosquitoes tend to find their victims visually, and if you're wearing dark colors like navy, dark brown, or black, as well as very bright colors like red, you'll be seen by them more easily. What can you do to repel mosquitoes? There are all sorts of natural methods that are, un that are unfortunately old wives' tales that don't stand up to scientific investigation. You can douse yourself in these things until the cows come home while feeling good about your natural remedies, but chances are you'll still be polka-dotted with bites the next day. Here are the things that are proven by science to repel the skeeters. You must weigh the risk before using some of these, for some fear of the disease carried by mosquitoes may outweigh the risk of putting pesticides on their skin. The first one is DEET. Now, unless I was in a malaria, Zika, chikungunya infested jungle, I probably wouldn't spray this one on myself or my children, but it has to be included. Sprays con containing N or N-diphylmetatolumide do keep mosquitoes at bay, but there have been some serious health side effects from using it. Next one is oil of lemon eucalyptus. Now, this is refined into a product called citriodiol, or P-menthane-3-8-diol. It has lower levels of toxicity, but it is recommended not to be used on children younger than three. The effects don't last as long as those of more toxic sprays, and it must be reapplied every two hours to maintain its effectiveness. It is the primary ingredient in Off Family Care Botanicals and Repel Natural. I just ordered some Repel. It has pretty good reviews. The next one is Picaridin. This is a repellent ingredient that is fairly new to the market. Although it's a pesticide, the EPA says it's safe to use on your skin. Sawyer makes a product that is 20% picaridin. Take this for what it's worth and do your own research before using it. Here's a fact sheet on picaridin. The next one is citronella torches, candles, and coils. The smoke from these can be confusing to mosquitoes and may offer a modicum of protection if there is no breeze. However, reports of breathing issues and toxicity to the lungs make these not really worth the risk for the nominal protection provided. One study found that, the burning, that burning a single mosquito coil would release the same large particulates as 100 cigarettes and as much formaldehyde as 51 cigarettes. It's a lot there. Essential oils. Sorry, but they don't work for more than a few minutes according to the New England Journal of Medicine. Wristband repellents, and I'm sorry, on the essential oils there is a source 
there. You know, all these have sources that you can link to. Wristband repellents. Nope, the same source says that these offer zero protection. Skin So Soft Bath Oil. A lot of people swear by Skin So Soft Bath Oil by Avon. Heck, I use it myself before going out in the evening, and although I don't really care for commercial bath products, it seems safer to me than spraying pesticide on myself and all my children. Some studies cited by Consumer Reports say it offers a minimal two-hour protection and that it is far from the best choice, also noting that Avon says it was not designed to be an insect repellent. But a study in the BC Journal of Medicine said that Skin So Soft, while it needed to be applied more frequently, was an effective alternative to D. Do you have a favorite method to repel mosquitoes? Share it in the comment section below. However, my friends, keep in mind that the comment section is not vetted. Please do your own research before opting to use a remedy that some guy on the internet said worked for him. Also, feel free to double-check my conclusions, too. If you disagree, cite your source so that we can all learn more about it. So there are some comments here that people have left uh, in the comment section, and you can go check those out. Uh, I think one of the things to remember, you know, some people are talking about uh, like vitamin B, um, not having enough vitamin B and B1, those kinds of things. Um, so you know, other people talking about essential oils. The thing about essential oils is, and just like everything else, right, is like some uh, essential oils work for some people and, and don't for the other. Um, I recently, you know, because I talked about reflux and somebody at church who, who works with essential oils asked me uh, if I do a lot of peppermint. And, well, yes, I do. I, in my office, I diffuse peppermint all the time. And so, um, I mean, daily, it's, it's on all the time. And so uh, in the past, I had a big office. The, the office I shared with my other, my partner, who was an assistant principal as well, was about four times the size of my, my office now. And so that, it was always on there, but you know, it was distributed a lot wider. Um, my office is a little bit smaller, and so, but I have it going all the time. And so uh, she said, you know, you might be taking in too much. If, if anyone's out there and you've heard of that, uh, the essential oil thing, uh, with peppermint that you can have too much and it could cause the opposite of effect like reflux, uh, having stomach issues maybe. Hey, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, but the same thing I guess would apply when you're talking about mosquitoes uh, because our skin is so different and uh, who knew that you know your your skin or your blood gave off certain uh, you know fragrance that would that would attract them, right? Um, same thing's got to be with the you know the same type of idea probably works with essential oils as well so you might have someone who can spray essential oils on and it does really help them and work with them and uh, other other people can put it on and it doesn't the other thing it could be it could be just their their body chemistry and their blood type as well i guess so uh, if you find something that works for you come over here over to the organic prepper drop it down in the comment section and go check out those uh those other articles there and see what you think about that hey um so we, um, go, we're going to the next article, and it's coming to us from Food Storage Moms. The article is How to Make Your Own Emergency Car Kit. And uh, this actually kind of came up a little bit uh, today. Um, 
in in our in our meetup. So I, I forgot to mention it at the very beginning, but you know, we had that meetup. I've been talking about it for a while. Had some people in the Houston area contact me, contacted me, and so we got together. So I got to spend time with uh, Mark and his and his wife Lisa, and got to spend time with Tim. And uh, we we spent about two hours this evening uh, just you know talking about preparedness and talking about our stories and where we're coming from and you know kind of you know what's what's going on with us and uh, it was it was great you know but one of the things that came out was you know what do you have in your car and 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 you know having a go bag in your car uh those kinds of things and so uh i i that's what triggered me to remember about um about our meetup uh, I don't know why I forgot about ta- to talk about it at the very beginning. Uh, did have a lot of fun. It's always fun when you meet other preppers out there. Uh, you know, preppers just by nature, uh, it, it's hard to put yourself out there because you always read OPSEC, OPSEC, OPSEC. Um, I've never done that. You know, I've tried to be out there. I've met a lot of good people. Uh, and, and what you find when you do that is you find a lot of people who are prepared or who are trying to become prepared and they're just regular people and they're concerned. Uh, are there wackos out there? Yes, there are wackos. And do you have to be careful? Yes, you need to be careful. Do you divulge all your information? No, you don't. But you can get out there and you can meet people and you can, you know, see if you mesh with them. And, you know, like I said, we had a really great time this evening. And so hopefully, um, you might be able to do that, you know, in your area. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, b- maybe doing it uh, a little bit more often here in the Houston area. And so, uh, if you're interested, if you're in the Houston area and you're interested, send me an email and I'll put you on the list the next time, uh, you know, I'll let you know when we get together. But we probably won't be till like September, end of September, October. But a lot of fun. And, uh, so anyway, that this article reminded me of one of our conversations that we had about having a go bag in the car for our kids, and so one uh, you know that kind of spurned that one. But uh, let's go ahead and start reading this one: How to make your own emergency car kit. And so I'm going to read this one, and then I'm going to come back at the end. There's a couple of things I wanted to add to this. I just had to write this post today about how to make your own emergency car kit. My two daughters and one son-in-law have driven up had driven up to Park City, Utah for a quick visit with friends a few days ago. The weather was beautiful with the sun shining on their way up to Parley's Canyon, one of the main east-west routes through Utah on I-80. Here's the deal about this particular northern Utah canyon. It can be brutal in the winter with ice and layers of frozen snow. At times, cars and trucks slip and slide going up the canyon if they don't have snow tires, tire chains, or four-wheel drive as the local agencies try to keep the roads clear during snowstorms. Of course, those that are prepared with tires, chains, or four-wheel drives are sometimes dodging those cars that have trouble driving in severe snowstorms. If you are driving down the canyon, it doesn't matter what your car is equipped with. It can sometimes be an ice skating rink with cars sliding everywhere. Once you start to slide, your brakes will not work if it's really icy. Most of us who drive in bad weather know we need gear down, know we need to gear down and slow down, but sometimes there is no way to slow down once the sliding starts. I call it white knuckle driving. Mark has no fear driving in the worst of the worst weather. This particular day, my family made it up the canyon in beautiful sunny weather, but on the way down, a truck further further down the canyon ahead of them had a fire problem and the resulting chaos stopped traffic for almost two hours. I'm sure you have probably gotten into your car to drive a short distance and sometimes the traffic stops, I mean to a dead stop. 
This happened to them on their way home, and what should have been a 15-minute trip during the canyon phase was much longer than anyone could expect. Now, there's no way to turn around in, the most, in most sections of the I-80 Parley's Canyon Highway. No stopping allowed on either side of the road. It has a barrier about four feet high going down the center of the highway in many places. So once you start driving down the road, you have to go to the next exit. I have to give a shout out to my son-in-law for filling the gas tank before heading up the canyon. Woo, it was a hot, it was hot that day. At least they could run the air condition. It was the, if it was the winter, they would have had to run the car's heater to keep them warm. It's all about being prepared. The main challenging thing, they had no water in the car. Luckily, it was only two hours sitting in a near standstill. This is when my emergency car toilet would have been great in an emergency car kit. All you need is an empty number 10 can filled with the items on the post I wrote. You could be, you could be good to go, literally. So there's a link to her emergency car toilet. Emergency car kit. I have three of these bags that I made into to a car kit for emergencies and they are secured in the back of my Honda CRV. I love these Husky tool bags. So um, she has a picture of some of the items in her in her uh, car kit. And then I'm going to read off uh, some of these here. So water. Actually, I'm going to read all of them. Water, food and snacks, emergency toilet with toilet paper, garbage bags and hand sanitizer. Diapers. These are awesome to help a young family who may be on a highway stop for hours without with a baby or a toddler. Depends. You may have to relieve yourself in one. Contact information. Please be sure and put ICE in case of emergency in your phone so the highway patrol or others can contact your family if you are unable to call anyone. If you don't have a cell phone, write the information on a 3 inch by 5 inch card that is laminated to keep it waterproof. Blankets, jackets and wool socks, foldable shovel, can or two of motor oil, fire extinguisher, ABC type, flares and cones to let people know your car is out of gas or broken down, flashlights, please rotate your batteries, first aid kit, tools, rags, paper towels, jumper cables, tire gauge, pocket knife, scissors, window scraper for ice or snow, duct tape, emergency cash, small bills, bungee cords, tow rope, compass, Matches, small bottle with washer fluid, one gallon of coolant, baby wipes, poncho, rain gear or change of clothes, thank you Kay, umbrella, thank you Kay, a sturdy pair of hiking, walking shoes and socks, thank you TC, and your car typically, your car typically comes with a jack, but make sure your car kit ensemble has everything you need, don't be caught without a spare tire, let me know the things you like in your emergency car kit, let's make this list really long, depending on where you live and the size of your family. Thanks again for being prepared for the unexpected. And uh, so there's a couple of you know people left comments there, and she added it to the list. So if you have any ideas, you can go and, uh, and add the, that to the list as well. And so what I would add, and I have a different, I've been wanting to do a post on kind of what I carry. I'm very lucky. I, I only live like 10, 15 minutes away from work. So... Um, that's well, actually 10 minutes driving. So it would probably be, you know, 30 minutes to an hour walking, maybe a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, I, I don't carry a lot of water in snacks and I live in Houston and it gets very, very hot. I just don't want to have plastic in, uh, in, in my vehicle and, and just kind of leave it there. So I don't, I don't do that. But one of the things that I would like to add, 
um, because I have some uh, like tools. So I have some sockets that have come in handy before in the past. Um, I do have um, a tire plug set. They're not very expensive. They're, you know, you can get them at Walmart or any of the big box stores. But if you ever have to pull uh, a nail out or whatever, um, you know, you can plug your, um, you know, your tire. So you can do that. Uh, I think it's always good to have. Uh, I don't know if she said jumper cables. Uh, I think she did jumper cables. But I think it's also good to have uh, like a 12 volt, um, um, a 12 volt air compressor that if you need to fill up so it might be you pull your spare tire out and it might not be flat or it might not it might be okay but it might be flat right just because you haven't checked it in years and so you need to put a little bit of air into it or what i have done before in the past is uh, you know from work I, I had a flat at work so i used my air compressor to fill it up and it, it held enough for me to drive over to uh, the tire shop to get a new tire. So I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have to break out the tire uh, and, and get all hot and sweaty and all that kind of stuff. So I was able to pump up the, the tire and get it, get it over. And the same thing, I've done that before with teachers on my campus who had a flat tire. I was able to pump up their tire and then follow them over to the tire shop. And so they were able to get, you know, whatever they needed to get done there, get a new tire or get it plugged or patched or whatever so that's what i would do um and then she has duct tape here but the other thing that i would do is um that that tape that uh, emergency tape that you can wrap around say like a hose and it seals it i can't remember the name of it i do have some of it in my bag uh but i will um i will link to it in the show notes i think that's good uh, good stuff to have so that you can, you know, like you have a, a broken hose or whatever, you're able to wrap this stuff around and uh, it's very flexible, but it, it bonds. It, you know, that bonding tape, uh, you know, works really, really well. And so uh, I'll, I'll link to that. But, uh, you know, good, good list here. And uh, I think it's, I think it's important to have, you know, you need to think about where you are in the country. Um, you know, I would not have snow tires. I would not have that kind of stuff. I would not have blankets. I actually do have a little blanket that I bought uh, really, really cheap. Uh, and it's more it's so that if I ever have to work on the vehicle and we have used it plenty of times, I'm able to spread that out and not get dirty. And so I do have that. Uh, in the vehicle, uh, but you know all these other things are important, you know, to have. So, uh, good list here. Hopefully, you do have um, um, a car kit. I think we've talked about that before in the past. Um, if if you know if your wife, you know, whatever minimum, you need to have a first aid kit there. I know that I've talked about that here recently. Uh, how one came in handy for us when we were in an outreach, but. Um, you need to have a you know basic first aid kit in there, but then having other things would be good. Letting your family know that's in there. Uh, maybe you create one for you know your child who's going to college or whatever, or you know somebody, um, you know one of your kids who they might not be in preparedness, but you can go ahead and, and put a bag together and say, look, this is emergency stuff uh, for your car. If you ever get stranded, I'm going to put it in the in your trunk. I'm going to put it under the, your seat in the truck and just leave it there. But if you ever have an emergency, you know you have it here. There's a lot of different things in here, and you might want to walk through with them what it is. 
but uh you know and and just put it in their their vehicle and let it let it uh go from there um if they ever were stranded they were they'll be glad that they had it all right so good article there go over to food storage moms and uh dot com and if you have something leave, leave it in the um in the comment section i think i'll leave those things that i that i mentioned in the comment section as well all right, because it's Friday, it's the Friday podcast, I pull an article from the archive. And this is one that, uh, this concept, this idea has really fascinated me throughout the years. I've never done anything about it. I've never really gone out and, and, and done anything with it. But I think it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something that I want to know, first of all. But then it's also something that eventually I want to try. I just haven't done it. But uh, it's it's um, well the uh, the website is survivaltech.com. Uh, Ken has a great website over there. He he posts pretty he, he posts really great stuff. Uh, you know things that usually you're not seeing other places. Um, but uh, this article is called Harvesting and Processing Acorns, and he uh, released this one on October 2016. So it's not as old as some of the ones that I have read, but it's an, it's an older one. And so, uh, you know, acorns fall all, all over the, you know, we have acorns all over the place uh, at times, and a lot of people don't realize that you can use those to make flour. You can use those to, uh, you can forage them. There's just things that you have to do, uh, you know, before you actually eat them. And so this article will walk you through it, uh, and uh, we'll go from here, all right? So uh, it's the time of year when acorns are falling out of the oak trees and onto the ground. Acorns contain a complete protein, so they are a valuable edible resource. The acorns to look for have already separated from their cap, have no holes, and are solid in color, usually medium to dark brown. White oak acorns germinate in the autumn season, so they have a short collection period, whereas black oak acorns don't germinate until the next spring, so that it has a longer collection season. To prepare for shelling, it's best to spread them out on a tray for drying. If using the sun, it may take a few days while covering them at night to keep off the dew. This can also be done in an oven at its lowest temperature for several hours. White oak acorns take longer to dry than black oak acorns. Drying acorns helps to prevent, I'm sorry, drying acorns helps to separate the nut inside from its outer shell and makes the shelling process easier. Acorns contain tannic and gallic acid that are toxic and are counter-nutritional and cause acorns to be bitter so they must be removed by soaking in water to leach them out. To start this process, the acorn must be shelled and can be opened different ways. They can be slit open by using a hand pruning shear or set on a rock with the head end down and, and the point end up, then lightly strike it with the rock just hard enough to crack the outer shell. Acorns can be ground either the traditional way with the rock or by using a food processor. The finer the particles, the better for more efficient leaching. Once the acorn nut has been ground, it is placed in a cloth and soaked in water for a few days that, that, it cha that is changed a few times each day. Some folks prefer to boil them with a couple of changes of water, but the cold water method is more effective at reducing bitterness. You can occasionally taste the acorn meal for bitterness or blandness to determine when the leaching process is complete. 
Then it can be dried and reground finer if desired. I prefer to combine acorn meal 50-50 with cornmeal with which to make patties or flat cakes. A common recipe is to take one cup of acorn meal, one cup of cornmeal, and and one-fourth cup of honey, one tablespoon of melted butter or oil, and add a pinch of salt. Add just enough water to make a medium paste. Although some people like to make patties by hand, I have had more success with taking a spoon full of the dough, placing it on the cooking surface, and using the spoon to smooth it out until it's flat and round, much like you would spread tomato sauce on pizza dough. To cook, you can use an ungreased pan or the stove, I'm sorry, to cook, you can use an ungreased pan on the stove or a heated rock over coals. The patty will take a few minutes to cook. Watch the outer edges for cracking, then lift an edge to check for doneness, then flip it over to cook the other side. The goal is to have a slightly brown cake when done. When I first made acorn cakes as a homeschool project with my son, I was amazed at how substantial they were. Very satisfying and quite a treat. The process takes time with some effort, but it is a rewarding experience and very nutritional. All right, so that's a good article there. Kind of walks you through how to do it. Uh, the thing is, is that you're going to have it's going to take time, right? You can't go out that day, forage for acorns, and then start you know chomping on them. Uh, th- there's a process that goes along uh, with it. So you know you've heard maybe running water, uh, maybe like if you were in a river, you could put them in a cl- some kind of cloth and uh, you know tie them to a rock and then let the the running water you know wash over them and that would help so you have that uh, as well but uh, you know good article here and something to consider like especially if you were trying to stretch out uh, your food storage you know let's say you had uh, some kind of cornmeal you had some flour and you were trying to stretch it out and make it go further you could uh, use acorns and grind it down and use that as a flour so there you go Hey, uh, along the lines of flour, since I'm talking about that, I wanted to ask, because this question did come up as well, if you are uh, eating gluten-free, you know, what are you doing, you're eating a gluten-free diet, what are you doing for food storage out there? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, because I know like Legacy Foods uh, has a gluten uh, line, I'm not necessarily asking, or gluten-free line, I'm not asking about that. I'm not looking for necessarily uh, articles and things like that because I can go find that, uh, you know, myself. I'm more interested in people who actually are eating gluten-free, who have a gluten-free diet, and what you are doing to store, uh, you know, what what you're doing for your long-term food storage. So someone who's who's actually doing it. If you're doing that, man, I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd come by the uh, the podcast and uh, shoot me, you know, leave a comment in episode 105. Uh, 105, or send me an email. You know, my my email address is right on the the podcast homepage. So if you ever wanted to send me an email, you can go there and uh, copy it from there and and just plug it into your email. Uh, you know, wh- wh- wherever you're using for email. But uh, yeah, I'd be interested in what you're doing gluten free. There's I think a lot of people that are out there that are considering that as well. And I know again, I like I said, I've seen articles and things like that. But I really like to hear from someone who's really doing it. And, uh, you know, what kinds of things you're storing for long-term food storage, all right? So, again, a lot of great articles out there. Um, 
that we've read this week and then the interview with uh, with Mark Goodwin. I hope you enjoyed that one. And so uh, that's it. That's another week worth of podcast in the books. Uh, don't forget to, w- to visit the website, all the websites, not just the websites from today, but all the websites that allow me to read their articles. Uh, they all have great links and, uh, you know, they're, they're websites that you definitely want to visit because I don't read all of their articles. So uh, if, if you're only coming to the podcast and you haven't come over to prepperwebsite.com yet, uh, you know, you're missing a lot of great information. So uh, visiting their websites is always uh, a blessing to them and it's a blessing to me and it's a blessing to you because I get to read their articles. So uh, go check their, their articles out and uh, see what they have there. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness material this weekend, you can stop by PrepperWebsite.com. There's a ton of articles there that I do not get to uh, on the podcast. A lot of good information. We have a lot of great pages. We have the DIY page. We have the frugal page. We have the, the shooter's gallery for those that are those of you into firearms. If you're looking for alternative news, we have that as well. Uh, so, you know, great pages over there at uh, PrepperWebsite.com. A lot of great information. I also encourage you to join our free Facebook page or Facebook group. Um, you know, it's slowly growing over there and people are, are you know, I'm adding people to it every single day. And um, definitely, you know, there's there's communications going on. People are asking questions. People are are uh, giving advice and sharing things out. Uh, there's a lot of people that are lurking, which is fine. Come lurk and and see, you know, what's going on. And and when you feel comfortable, go ahead and. Uh, go ahead and chime in. I definitely want it to be a place where people feel free to ask questions and that they're not going to be uh, made fun of or anything like that. I mean, I don't want to tolerate that uh, at all. And I've seen that in other places. And I just, you know, I want it to be a, a, a place where people can can come and learn and, and grow. So if uh, if you haven't joined the, the Facebook group, come do that. Or if you haven't joined the email list, come do that. And, and you know, you'll get enrolled automatically into the free e-course um, you can get both of them at the menu bar of the uh, of the website, uh, the Prepper website, podcast.com. Uh, both of those are linked there. And um, so a lot of good stuff. So with that, I wish you a great weekend. Get out. Hope, hope you get out and enjoy some uh, some dirt time or whatever that means for you. And as always, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.